Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George, and you're listening to our review for Upgrade with the boys Connor, hello, Benny, hey there, guys. Upgrade is 2018 science fiction, fun-loving B movie by Lee Winnell, and it's the second film. And uh, I was Australia's really own Lee, Australia's own Lee Winnell, and um. You know, I was I was really excited to see this film, and uh, it's been uh, a trailer that we've discussed amongst ourselves a lot. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we've seen it part of Sydney Film Festival, which was really really good fun. And uh, we need a plot. We haven't planned out who's going to say the plot. Uh-oh, so I'll jump should, in there. You're going to jump oh, in there if you no, want. No, no, no. You, you All do right. this. Okay. So this is a set in the future. Can I do where- it? Oh, <laughs> I prefer if you didn't interrupt Don't derail me, this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, set in the future uh, where tech is very high. It's very techy. <laughs> Can I do it, George? <laughs> very high. Um, a guy loses his wife to some thugs who shoot her, and uh, someone gives him the chance to get back at them, do a revenge plot by putting something called stem in his neck, which... Stops him from being a quadriplegic and he goes... This, which he is. Which he is, by the way. <laughs> it's not gone well. <laughs> by the way, he became a quadriplegic when they killed his wife. Um, You're normally such a good storyteller. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> so introducing plot elements. The, the tech that is very high through me because I was... <laughs> I was pretty proud of myself for that one. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> Um, so if you weren't excited to see this movie already, <laughs> <laughs> sure as shit are now. <laughs> yeah. So he he gets the stem, and then what happens? He, he stops becoming a quadriplegic, and he can walk. And, Basically, and it's Jarvis and Iron Man the movie. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Dad, for saving that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we get on to how we felt coming into the? Yeah, Maybe? why don't you take it away, Colin? No, I think I'm going to compose yeah, take, myself first. Okay. <laughs> George, you go ahead. Yeah, as I said before, super excited for this. Blumhouse. I've uh, been following Lee Winnell. Blumhouse. Blumhouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I just talk on this podcast without getting interrupted? Like, Stop I'm really, it. Like, I'm noticing this week, you fucking guys. Um, I've been following Lee Winnell for a long time. Yeah, you bastard. Um. And he's, you know, since Saw Man, since the first Saw, you think of he, Saw? Um, he was uh, James Wan's right-hand guy. You know, he created the Saw franchise, he created the Insidious franchise together. And uh, now, you know, he, he, I don't think he did that great of a job on Insidious 3. I found that very disappointing compared to the first two, which I hold up as two of the best horror films of all time, and particularly number two. I think that's absolutely fantastic. So I think he stumbled on his directorial debut. Um, so I was anticipating, you know, is he going to be able to pull it off? Um, but as you said, Benny, very, um, you know, uh, energetically before Blumhouse is mm-hmm. involved with this. And whenever we, you know, we talk about them a lot. Whenever I see their name on something, I get excited. We're so around them. I was excited for this. And, and just another thing with the Blumhouse, the fact that they're doing science fiction. That was interesting as well. So this is Blumhouse. And now, and now I'm, I'm done. <laughs> can we talk? So now you guys we can may talk. Speak, ben. I'm going to have a little light. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is George is talking. <laughs> highly <laughs> sensitive. Hold Don't your, say anything. Hold your George, you've had your chance. Hey, my really highly like sensitive <laughs> light is on this week. <laughs> Fucking pay attention. Trigger light. <laughs> so this is Blumhouse Tilt. Yeah. So this is like a, an offshoot of their main kind of horror branding. <clears throat> Um, cause this is, as you said, like a sci-fi action film. Um, 
it's got the violence of a horror movie, but it is not a horror film. Yeah. Very tense, very kind of um yeah. A lot of <laughs> Jesus, I'm really killing it today. Um a lot of horror aspects to it. Um also uh, very similar to you, George, going into this. Um seeing the trailer got me really hyped up. Um so we raved about the trailer. Yeah. Um when we first saw that on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh and I sort of was a bit worried that the trailer kind of gave away the best parts of the film, particularly as the trailer started to come along, because they were showing a lot of action scenes that seemed to have a lot of oomph to them. So went in with a little bit of hesitation on that. But other than that, was super excited to see it um, and, and really engaged with anything that Bloomhouse puts out, because they seem to be um, on the money when it comes to putting out um, just Good films, like not necessarily big blockbusters, but good films. Good films made cheap as well. Yeah, yeah. This, the budget for this one was like two to three million, I think. Actually, yeah. So Nothing we couldn't like- we couldn't have been more much more hyped for this movie. I think. Yeah. It was that. It was the way they shot the action sequence mm. with the stabilization on uh, the character that Logan Marshall Green plays. Mm. Yeah. Um, that really hooked me into this. Um, and was something I was highly anticipating. So, guys, let's talk about some of the good stuff in this film. Um, I think for me, one thing that really stood out was um, just the way they went. They went about tech. Um, mm. You know, the high tech. You know, the high, high tech. tech. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man, we're really on the <laughs> ball this week. I thought the way he did this um, and, and did things with AI cars, um, kind of like biotech. I thought it was really interesting. Subtle world building. Yeah. It was, felt- they're very a light, a light touch. Yeah. You get, it, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd see exterior shots of like a bunch of cars that look like cars today, and there'd be like one like kind of much more futuristic looking car. It felt there. very much like this is around the corner type futuristic. Mm. It didn't tech. give a year, but yeah, it didn't feel far off. Yeah. Like this is, this is what, you know, Australia could look like in, in 10 to 20 years, very conceivably. It definitely looks like Australia, though, doesn't right it? Right now. It's, <laughs> it's almost yeah, certainly yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Not almost certainly. Yeah. It was Melbourne. Yeah, it was yeah, Melbourne. So this is an Australian <laughs> production, which is yeah. interesting to know. Did, uh, did you guys feel it was uh, noticeably like not an American film? I don't think so. And I think they worked around the budget restraints really, really effectively. Like There was never that sequence where it was like, Man, they shouldn't have put that in because they mm. don't have the budget. I don't think they e- ever overstretched themselves. Definitely. I think they played within their strengths. Mm. Um, there was never like that CG moment that was like, oh, why the fuck did you do that? Yeah. yeah. Is it, they seemed to do a lot of practical stuff. Um, and then the CG was more kind of the widescape, like, um, you know, it was static images or, or static objects that weren't. It feels like there was like one establishing shot of like the city that was like heavily CG, which was clearly, I assume they worked on from the start of production to the end of production because it it was really good. (laughs) Yeah. It looked great. I was expecting it to look really like, you get that sheen sometimes when you look at the futuristic worlds of that. Mm. And it just, it seemed like they didn't go overboard. They just added a few things that clearly made this, you know, 20 years in the future, 10 years in the future, something like that. So yeah, I liked, I liked the look of it. I liked the design that they used for those futuristic things. It's just like really simple things like robot arms, um, functional um, AI, or not even AI, but functional um, uh, voice recognition. Just mm. it seemed to like make sense. Like, yeah. It felt very sophisticated and it felt very well thought out. Yeah, it was very impressive how the, like, the voice recognition could 
could decipher the fake American accents. Like that's really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> did you did you mind the accents? Was it obvious? Was it one one character was just straight up Australian? Yeah. Um, but mostly, I think it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, it never distracted me. American lead. Everyone else was pretty much Australian. Yeah. Um, and I think speaking of the lead, what do you think of him? Mostly pretty good. Okay, so Logan Marshall Green. I've I've, I've liked this guy for a long time. Oh, I'm no. You said that the other night. I'm going to call you out on that. We've given that guy a lot of shit. No, I, yeah, I we have. I t- yeah, yeah, no, I, only I think be, even in the Spider Man, I'd like to. I'd be interested to go back to our Spider Man review. Me too, because I reckon sure we backed about, him because, out because I, before that, but, no, as and an then actor, it was like, oh, he's now hitting his stride. No, okay, so I, I've always found it amusing that he looks exactly like Tom Hardy. Yeah. Like I think that's hilarious that he's, which Tom, I never realized until you pointed it out before the screening. But it's, it's, it, I can't go back now. He he's, my yeah, mind. he's, he's, he's well known as Tom Hardly. Like he's, he's the poor man's Tom Hardy. But no, ever since I saw him in Devil, the Shyamalan production um about the elevator it's devil in an elevator um i, I love really, that movie, i really i really like that movie yeah. yeah and i really liked him in that um and i've just kind of seen him pop up in roles here and there over the years and i i, I really like the dude i'm gonna go and back I'm, to that podcast i'm really curious yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i was so happy to see him in this like <laughs> vehicle for him for himself and i think he does an amazing performance in this film it's like just in terms of like a physical performance it's great because he has to play a character whose body is uh not under his control. It's being moved by like a separate entity, technically. So he's a head on top of like a, a machine, yeah. you know. See, I I actually found that to be a little bit too on the nose. For me. Well, I think you're an idiot. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so aggressive, oh, so shit. quickly. I've been drinking. Fucking most aggressive no, um, movie review on yeah, the internet. Like it, it felt like he was doing a robot thing. Like you know, he's walking. Okay, no so way. No, I think I I completely agree with Ben. Like some of those shots where. He's, he's like, what's going on? Like, I am mm. clearly not in control. I thought he oh. really sold it. So the shots that he's actually not in control, I 100% agree. But he does the robot arms it's the a, entire like, it's time. I think it's homage to RoboCop. Precise. And I, I think it works, yeah. I think it's homage to RoboCop. It was no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what it's an homage to. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> like, I mean, the whole concept... Of, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I think, like, the, the whole Back concept was corner. that... Is is w- was that he was in control? Like, and I thought that that kind of got derailed by the fact that it's like it's just a pathway between his brain and the muscles. Like, it it felt weird that the muscles would react like that. I just felt like he would walk around normally. I'm just waving my arms a lot. <laughs> For anyone that's listening to this as a podcast, that's not going to make sense. How come every time I drink, you guys get drunk? <laughs> every I time we do genuinely don't know. Um, yeah, so I I thought that. For the most part, and particularly when, you know, STEM was in control, I thought that that was, and you see a lot of that in the trailer. Mm. Um, so it's not a spoiler or anything. Um, I, I thought he was, he did a really good job of, of keeping his facial expressions very kind of separate from what his body was doing. Yeah, like surprised. Yeah. And astonished at what was going on before yeah. his the, eyes. The, the one, like the main scene in the trailer. Um, that I assume everyone's seen is is you know just the first time that Stem takes control of his body, like that that's a, a fucking masterwork. Yeah, of, fantastic like, physical acting. It's because like he's, it really feels like there's two different yeah. players in that scene. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I like how his eyes move like in different directions than his body is obviously moving. Mm-hmm. So it feels like you know his face he has control of, but nothing else. Um, yeah, I'd be really interested to uh, to know what. You know, if that was just him acting, or if they did something like it seemed like some shifty camera work uh, as well. Yeah, it's it's a thing 
You'll sometimes see it when people stabilize. If you stabilize yeah. to people's eyes, mm. that it'll move in that way, like on um, After Effects, and they've clearly gone for that kind of look. But it's it's just such a like the way Lee Winnell has used that in the direction. It's almost used as like, oh, okay, now he, you almost feel like a change in his body when this this yeah. um, camera work comes in, and it's very effective for the mm. storytelling. Yeah. They really evoke the idea that he's a passenger on his own body. Yeah. yeah. Very effectively. What do you um, think about the direction as a whole, like Lee Winnell, um and, and how he's put this together, like as a whole piece? Yeah. Uh, I Oddly enough, I don't know whether this is down to uh, direction or acting or writing. I was not as convinced with the relationship between the main character and his wife. For whatever reason, I felt like that that entire first 15 or 20 minutes when you're setting up a character and you have to do a lot of exposition to try and say, like, you know, this is who the character is. And he's like, I work with my hands and you guys use technology. Pew, pew, pew. Um, I don't know why I added the pews. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like that was very kind of like, all right, let's just get the facts out there. Um, and it didn't feel natural. It almost felt like um, Scriptwriters 101. Yes, he's in the old muscle car. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and, and yeah. the the relationship between him and the wife didn't again didn't feel very natural. Like there's some people that you just sense have a chemistry, um, uh, or there's other ways of telling that story that don't rely on chemistry. I mean, um, for whatever reason, all I think of is is um, John Wick, and you in those first couple of scenes, you get a genuine feeling that he misses his wife and that, that you, you invent in your own head how wonderful that relationship would have been. Um, and while I think he did a good job of acting as though he missed his wife, him actually with his wife didn't feel as, as natural. It worked for me. I found the actress uh, Melanie Vallejo yeah. um, very, she's an Australian actress, very uh, charming. I thought she was quite effective in the role. I, I just want to mention that she's uh, best known for playing the blue Mystic Ranger in Power Rangers Mystic Force. Hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, and we can get into it more in spoilers. I think it was actual uh, conscious choice, but uh, some of the scenes between those two characters, I want to touch upon something uh, there. But I feel as though, um, like, what I really liked about the script and the direction was that they took a long time to set up the character. They did. And they, like, Logan Marshall Green's character, like, they take him to the lowest lows. Like, this guy is broken yep. by mm. around the sort of quarter mark of mm. this movie. Mm. And I love that. I thought it was super effective, and it all carried into the vengeance plot, and the whole, as a whole piece, it worked really well. Mm. And I thought the time they took to do that was, was it, it paid off. Well, there's a scene early enough on where he just uh, breaks down crying, and that was really effective and really cool to see like this you know action hero so like he's the action hero of the movie he's just at his lowest point he's yeah. broken which I, for essentially a b horror movie like mm. a c that that makes this a cut above i feel mm. this was more than just a for me it was more than a b action film and i you know obviously there's the aspect of the sci-fi that makes it a little bit more than that um i i, I the reason that i wouldn't just call it a b action film, for me like dread is a B action film where it's about the action. Whereas this one, it felt like there's a little bit more to it, a little bit more intrigue. Um, and intrigue as well on the emotional front and kind of like technology, like yeah. some of the themes of what happens with STEM, uh, it, it goes to some very interesting places. That it, it was less of an action film than I expected. I think it that, was. Yeah. that might be the it budget was. showing, but the stuff that they had outside of the action was 
pretty effective, so it yeah. wasn't a complaint necessarily. Yeah. And I know we've touched on it, but the action scenes um, I found were really well choreographed. Um, you know, very bloody and gory, but you know, there's there's one in particular that a lot of people have been talking about that I think everyone in the theater started clapping just because yeah. it was so like yeah. it was so clearly the climax of this film. I, I there was one where I was just like, this is fucking awesome. We'll talk about it in spoilers. Yeah, but there's clearly a horror element to this film. Some really gruesome stuff and the yep. body horror aspect to it. I, I love that, and I feel like it. Ta- this film's like a combination of RoboCop, um, some kind of Cronenbergian kind of thing, mm-hmm. and the Matrix as well with some mm-hmm. of the fight choreography. A lot of RoboCop, definitely. Um, yeah. I, it, it's kind of like Lee Winnell's taken all these different films, all these different things that he likes from them, and put it through with his horror. Um, his horror sensibilities and come out with a really impressive product. Um, and, and it's clearly showing that at the box office. It's, it's performing really well for the budget that it's on. Um, what, movie, one yeah. thing I loved in this was the score. Score's amazing. Yeah. I thought it just, uh, it didn't overstate itself, mm. but it, it just kind of like the bedding was there and it, it, the bedding was well made. Yeah. I felt yeah. it was a uh, Blade Runner light. Yeah. 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 Do you agree? Yeah. Yep. 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 Who, who composed the score? Um, I don't know. Because I, I didn't. I, we, Jed Palmer. Do you mean like Blade Runner 2049? Yeah. Specifically? Light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jed Palmer. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was fucking fantastic. Um, I probably didn't sink in until the actual credits started playing and his music was playing on top of it. I was like, holy shit, what a fucking awesome score. Yeah, and uh, I think it just kind of adds... There's something about sci-fi that allows you to do so much. I mean, it, it really kind of sets the scene. Mm. I mean, there's there's certain scores that just fit certain genres. Like, you can tell when you're in a, a fantasy realm. Like, there's a very particular score for that. There's a particular score for, for science fiction. And I think when it's done right, it really allows you to kind of settle into the world. Did you also get a bit of a horror... Uh, sorry, horror... A humor aspect to this yeah the movie was hilarious <laughs> i love that mm. and it made the film nuanced and didn't keep it like all dark and depressing and down and out like we had these little moments sprinkled in that just adds a few little peaks and troughs to the film that that makes it uh intriguing and, yeah. and keep your interest for a large chunk of this film it's a buddy cop movie it's it's mm. like the, the straight-laced you know ai guy and the Dying you know the, the old-fashioned uh, likes to you know do it analog style yeah. other guy yeah and um and they're like trying to work on this case together yeah. and try to you know work out their differences and it's it's fucking awesome it's yeah. so funny um should we give final thoughts and then we can get into spoilers yeah. yeah any negatives just before we do final thoughts um i've already mentioned my negative which is i thought that the first 15 minutes felt very much like a setup um it just didn't feel very natural to me. Was the that that's kind of my only glaring issue? Yeah, I think I agree with you. It didn't. It wasn't that I didn't like. I I, I liked how far they took him in terms of like how the lows he had to go through. That was fine. Yeah, the trauma. But as you said, the relationship with the wife just felt a little too script one hundred and one. Yeah, um, screenwriters one hundred and one. The ne- negative I'll have for this is is maybe sometimes like few little parts in the middle of the film where i was like there's a bit of a lull here like Mm. we're kind of doing the same thing over and over 
let let's let's maybe you know shave off a couple scenes here and there but other than that you know i was really nitpicky kind of complaint there's a lot of stuff in between the action scenes in this action movie yeah and which is surprising because it's a 95 minute film like it is not a short film it is, it is a short, short film sorry it is a short oh sorry film. that's what i meant to say yeah um <laughs> it it yeah it it definitely felt longer than that to me yeah it did not in not in like a really damning way but it definitely felt longer than that um my and this is like such a minor quibble but i this i don't even know what this means exactly but i know if i watched this without any prior knowledge i would have been able to tell that this was an australian film and i don't know what that is exactly what it is about it exactly but there's just something that shows about it that it's not george mate my bad cheap boy (laughs) Oh, too popular. Um, <laughs> just mute it. Um, <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> it's just something about it, yeah, that... Um, it's the roads. It's whenever they're driving around. <laughs> no, no, no like, not even talking about the locations. Just talking about, like, the... The feel, yeah. The quality, yeah, the feel, the quality, the quality of, of the film, the quality of the uh, on-screen people. and uh, uh, There's, there's something, something that comes across as, like, this was not made... In Hollywood, oh, it's yeah. like kind of like the Canadian production or something. It's, it's Daybreakers like, or something. Where yeah. for better totally. or for worse, because I'm not sure where if if it's either. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, I you know Australian made films tend to be lower budget and kind of less have that Hollywood sheen. And shit. Um, yeah, and shit. Um, but this was not one of them. But it, it felt like an Australian film. Mm. Alrighty, guys. So let's do uh, final final thoughts. thoughts. Uh, Benny, do you want to finish your final thought there? Um, negative. This movie was probably not as good as the trailer. Not like, and that's yeah. not that's not that that's not a complaint. The trailer was like eleven out of ten. I was like, this is the, I, this is my most anticipated film, um, and I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I'm not I'm not a patriot by any means, but fucking good on you, Aussies. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good movie. I I would recommend anyone who gives any kind of shit about action or like schlock or b-grade stuff like go out and see this is so much fun yeah i'm i don't think i could have said it any better mm. this is a really awesome film um and it's a film that it's probably worth seeing in a large cinema just just for the the atmosphere there's people mm. cheering like you know I, I don't generally encourage people cheering in the middle of the films because mm. i think it makes you a dickhead there was applause yeah but I, there was I, moments where i, was I like, shrieked <laughs> at one point yeah. which we could talk about but i, I literally squealed like uh, I, no. I've, ne- I've never done that before <laughs> You need to have the crunch of those massive speakers for some of these scenes where yeah. it's like, oh, mm. God, it's gut-wrenching. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to pick this up on Blu-ray. I, I feel like this is a film that I really want to get behind and spread the love. And, you know, this. I'm just so stoked that Lee Winnell has been able to produce a film like this because he's really taken up a notch from Insidious 3, in my opinion. I think he's really produced a great little sci-fi horror film. There's a lot of room to grow from Insidious 3. I, I yeah. say that because not even having seen the film, <laughs> to be honest. I didn't even know it was out. I thought, I thought it still had yet to come out. It's really disappointing from number two. Everything I looked, like every, all the advertising and just the feel of it, I was yeah. just, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we all highly recommend uh, Upgrade. And definitely yes. go check this out in the cinema because mm-hmm. um, it really, that, that, that soundtrack's fantastic. And uh, as, as we're going to get into in spoilers right now, there's um there's some pretty intense bits that that the sound that 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 massive sound really enhances it. Anyway, let's get into spoilers. So guys, if you haven't seen this film, get out of here. Um, come back after you've seen it because um we don't want to ruin anything. 
can we start off right at, with what something you brought up, Connor, which was the that's right at the beginning, the whole he's in the muscle car and he's analog, and then there's the AI car comes wheeling along. Um, like I love that, but a little a little on the nose somehow. Mm. Didn't didn't kind of flow. I I really liked it though. I I and I think this is the setup at the beginning. It kind of felt a little clunky. Yeah, no. Um, and then kind of just like, um, plot thread one, two, three, and yeah. it, it felt as I as I've said, screenwriters one on one. Yeah, conceptually, I don't have a problem with it. I should I should, I guess, clarify that conceptually, I have no problem with them, you know, showing that he is. Um, a guy that likes to get his hands dirty. For whatever reason, some of the banter between him and his wife made it feel as if it was a bit too tell-not-show type thing. And that's what got me. So it's not necessarily just him working with muscle cars, which I think is a good way to show that he is really into it. But it's it's when he starts talking to his wife about, like, you know, the fact that she's got all this technology and that she should be driving. It just felt like, right? Like, if you were a real couple... You wouldn't be having this conversation again. Like this feels like something that you'd have sorted out by now. Did you think That's they purposefully like directed that scene when they first go into the house? She seemed very preoccupied with the tech. Like, did you feel that was part of the direction of that scene? Did you guys get that at all? Oh yeah, but I mean, um, like she she felt very at home with the high tech, and I think that was one hundred percent intentional yeah. to show that she lives in this world and she's fine with it, and that he's very much not at ease see because that for me worked in one way positively because it enhanced that whole idea that we've just <clears> been talking about yeah. but negatively in that i didn't feel any connection between these characters mm. so when that when that scene happened where she died it for me there was the emotional resonance it was the scenes after where you saw his reaction that i got more like into it like in that that to me felt a little uh, undercooked and i think they could have maybe yeah done a little more there yeah the whole the whole first act i just excuse as b-movie stuff like it's just the shit you got to do before you get the cool action movie like it's it's just yeah by the numbers i think it was well executed enough but it was like okay we're watching the wife die again cool um and then then we get the movie after that. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of got to sit through that first. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it's it's a trope of the of the genre, um, but it's it's still whenever I see it, it's, it is a little bit not exhausting, but it's just kind of one of those tinges that you get, and you're like, huh, going right. through the formality. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the next thing we need to talk about in spoilers is the big twist. Well, the two big twists. So the first twist is that, um, you know, old mate, kid, whatever his name is. Um, Guy, uh, Aaron, who's played by Harrison Gilbertson. So uh, the head of the company. Yeah, the slightly autistic um, uh, kid. That yeah, he was the one Junior. that's behind all of this. Um, which I felt was fairly obvious. Well, that, But that wasn't the actual twist. It wasn't the actual twist. Which, you know, I thought that, that was It was cool. a stepping stone. Yeah, it was a stepping stone twist. So the second twist was that you know, STEM, STEM was, was behind that. it all along, which I thought was pretty cool. I think it worked in pretty well. I think the 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 way the movie caps it off uh, is fantastic. I think it, it ties it together very well. There was definitely a part where it was kind of revealing him to be the bad guy, which doesn't make any sense necessarily. It's like this is a this isn't a good direction for this to go. This is lame. Yeah. 
but um then they they bring it right back home i I think there's like a uh, like the fourth fifth of the film is like maybe a weak point to some degree. The fourth fifth. The fourth fifth, but then the fifth fifth <laughs> nails it. Nice. So yeah, I have so, no idea what you're referencing at this yeah, point. Like you gotta either, be able to watch um, I think that one of the the turning points for me because I really enjoyed the buddy cop style and that. I was disappointed it. when it turned into adversarial yep. the relationship. Same because I I was like early on in the film when they first started working together I was like. I love this. Yes. And I would like to see a sequel of this. Like, I would yeah. like to see a series of these. Yeah. I am 100% with you there. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm a little bit unhappy that they took that away because I was really enjoying that. Mm. Having said that, the direction that they went was certainly interesting. Mm. So when Stem says that that moment where he's like, when you turned off the control from the head guy, you also, you know, turned off your control. That I I genuinely felt fear on the behalf of the main character, mm. and I was like, that would be a terrifying moment when someone says you're no longer in control of your own body, mm. and I think that that while again is not the way that I think I would have wanted it to go, I'm more than happy to put you know it's one of those moments where like I'm I'm the person watching this film, I'm the one being taken along for the ride. I'm going to trust the director on this one. Yeah, I feel like they could have potentially done it in a way where maybe Stem had gotten infected mm. and somebody maybe was controlling Stem rather than Stem being the main source of all of the activity that happened in this film mm. so that, that you can solve that and then move into Upgrade 2, Upgrade 3 with this great buddy cop kind of thing. It's tough, yeah, because I find the mm. endings really strong so like actually you know what made the film better totally because like, the like film I, better. well that's kind of what i was trying to say with my weird analogy where i i think it i because i didn't like the direction it was going but the ending was so strong that it saved that plot point yes, for yeah. me so it's confusing because on the one hand i was like i i would have liked a movie where they were just you know nick nolte and eddie murphy working together yeah. the whole time but the way it ended really capped it off beautifully and really made it this standalone. Yeah, it makes those, it worth it that you don't get that. Yeah, and I love those endings, those Cabin in the Wood endings where it's just, oh, you're well, it's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all done now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and what did you think of that? Like the, the VR or the, the alternate reality? Now, speaking of ham-fisted, that was, that yeah. was ham-fisted when he goes into the, like, the hacker den and there's all these people in the VR just doing the that was a VR dance. Major tip and he's off. like, "Man, I, I don't understand why people live in the VR world." It's like, "Why are we talking about this?" Yeah, it's like, like, "Well, this is going to come in." Like, I, really? I, I didn't. I thought that was fun. No, that was it a was huge, fine, but it was it was a bit much. Like that because I immediately I knew that either a he was in a simulation, or which, b Lee Winnell really hates VR. Yeah, or that or b that he would eventually that someone would be put into a simulation or something like that. I, for me, I just took that as world building. I took that as very similar thing to the AI car. Like It was like almost like going to a crack den in the future. Yeah, it's a bit unnecessary at that point. I mean, the world's pretty built at that. And to, to sacrifice dialogue time like in that way felt like, you know, this is not just... Like, this is here for a reason. And that and that it's too existential and I'm it's real. too specific for it to just be random world building. Like yeah. if it was world building, I'd be happy if they were just standing there and they never addressed it. I reckon that would have been cool. 
but it's because they actually actively addressed it that like I was a like commentary kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is going to come into okay. play. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got to give a shout out to. Um, oh, sorry, we, we're continuing the VR thing. I loved it. I, I the, you know, you guys have qualms with that, you know, that setup, the actual <clears throat> execution of the final scene where he's with the wife. So brutal. Mm. So, so brutal. And I love, I, I, you know, oftentimes, you know, you, people say, I want to see movies where the bad guy wins. Mm. And, and, and when you see that, can, you can leave, you can feel like a little numb and empty. But in this one, they seem to make it work. Where you, you still, still felt-, felt excited. <laughs> like you still felt like, ooh. Like it was, it was, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like Wolf Creek where I was like, God, I feel cold. Mm. Well, I mean, it was kind of a happy ending for him, for Gray. Yeah. Like he's with his yeah. wife. He doesn't know any better. Yeah. And that it's, that's kind like, of the tech like aspects. But Stem and Gray are happy at the end. They're yeah. sweet. <laughs> I mean, the cop copped it. But <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, yeah. I, I, I still felt upset that the bad guy won. I didn't feel like at any point victorious or anything like that. Um, and again, if he had just offed himself, I feel like I would have enjoyed that more. Once again, I'm just going to kind of take this is the direction that the, that they decided to go, and I'm I'm cool with that. So I definitely prefer the ending we got to that. Um, like if he just killed himself at the end or something, like that would have been like that. I wouldn't have found that satisfying at all. Like I like you wouldn't the, have like, enjoyed that. No, 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 not at all. No, I, I like the version where he tries to kill himself and he thinks he succeeds, you know, briefly, and then. Then it's just this other thing, and then the yeah. bad guys just yeah. that makes it feel like all Twilight Zoney or something like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like almost like a short story or something, just mm. very self yeah. self enclosed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what the the thing that I wanted to talk about was the um that the at the end of the scene that's the the main sequence from the trailer where he gets the knife and <laughs> Attack yeah. on Titans, the guy. That's when I yelled. Chelsea Green. <laughs> yeah. um, I loved that. I'd already seen it. And yeah, exactly. Still, I was just like, oh, yeah. holy <laughs> shit. Um, I loved I, it. Yeah, I absolutely loved that scene. There's so much to talk about with that one scene, but I feel like we talked about it in the trailer. And that's one of the things that really upset me it's about the this film. Was in it. I mean, it was the best scene of the film. Yeah, that was hands down. the best scene of the film mm. I was about to say hands down, but you just said that. Hands down. Uh, <laughs> hands down, without a doubt. Hands um, down. And, and it, the, nearly the entire sequence was already released. Mm. And I felt like the other big moment was when he broke his arm and shot himself in the head with, or shot the bad guy in, in his head with his own arm gun, which mm. is another brutal moment, Nuts. but is in the trailer. But yeah. it, it cuts before the, yeah. the cherry on top, at least, in the yeah. trailer. So that was, that was fucking awesome. So, um, yeah, I felt like they might have given a little bit too much away. But I understand with these lower-budget films that, that aren't going to get as wide a release or not going to have as big a marketing budget, you got to kind of pack as much punch as you can with your marketing, mm. um, which is I, I find really unfortunate because I thought that, that I would have loved to have seen that scene just fresh mm. but how else would you even market this movie oh, i mean well exactly yeah unfortunately there are it, like the action scenes are pretty few and far between it's quite sparse yeah. um and even though that's the best one there's like only two others. just just really take out at least take out that money shot of like at the end like mm. that because that's such a because uh, that that was one of the moments where everyone's just started clapping because it's such a oh moment mm. yeah um what did you guys think of the hacker ja- jamie or something the australian yeah, I thought it was a quirky little dialogue. 
Yeah. It's kind of funny. Interesting, kind of androgynous sort of character. Um, yeah. Very like, androgynous. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, I mean, the, quite only a, only a one scene, right? Oh, yeah, yeah very very yeah. quick. Um, but it was an example of the the cheeky kind of humor that they had. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of moments where it just switched gears into humor, uh, which is talking about, you know, you're the one wasting time by placing me in a binary box type thing. Like, just silly little comments like that. Um or uh, you know him coming into a biker bar and being you know doing his little announcement and things like that. So mm. um, yeah, I liked the way that they they had some funny characters in there. Ah, uh, one thing I really want to talk about is that bar scene where he um, he had the guy on the ground, and there was a, a shot where it was just looking at Logan Marshall Green or such, kind of like, and he was like slicing up his face, mm. you know, mm. something nasty, and they went. It was really disconcerting. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, "Fuck, man, this is this." Is, it, he was really selling this scene mm. um, in the direction, and then it went back to a shot of the character, and he's he got a couple of paper cuts. Yeah, yeah it didn't look yeah. bad at all. I was like, "Oh," and he dies from it. <laughs> I, I was really undercut that that all that, and the payoff wasn't there. I think if he hadn't gone back to him. Totally, yeah. And just left it as like yes. I thought. I thought his like face would be all fucked up, maybe his brains yeah. exposed or something. Yeah, like you, you either, though. If you, if they didn't show it, no, because like either either you got to show it and it's got to be fucked. Yeah, or not showing it would have been better than what they showed. Well, it would have been better, but if mm. they hadn't shown it, we'd be sitting here talking about like why didn't they show it? Like no, 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 not at all. I because um, <laughs> would have sold the scene. Probably, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah like, your imagination fills in the blanks. I feel so. like oh god, I don't even want to say it. Oh god. It's <sighs> yeah, say it. He's saying yeah, it. It's it's uh, with shut the, up. Yeah, with the skin color, it's harder to show graphic like wow. injuries. Oh, no, no, it is. Like I mean, it genuinely is. Um, it's it's harder to no, show they, graphic they in- injuries. Made like a, they like, could have. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they could have made a, a prop like they did with the guys who whose head got cut in half. Like, yes. they could have just made it no, missing no, my, or my, bits and my pieces. point being that like if if he had a bunch of slices on his face, that might have looked a lot more horrific on someone who had paler skin. Um, can so I can understand, out, like, yeah, I don't know, like, I didn't want to say because it sounds dicey, but yeah, I think if they had, if he almost surgically kind of exposed all of his face, mm. his eyeballs were in there, just like, had, like his cheeks removed or something. Uh, well, the, like, the noise that he was making, I thought that he, yeah. he had, like cut around his tongue or cut his yeah, tongue, yeah, off, yeah, something, yeah. something really horrific like that. Um, but they never and ended up showing it. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally, yeah, yeah. you know, the grunt. Yeah. Ah. It's literally <laughs> the uh, the grudge. Uh, is it? Yeah, the garage where he's got like you know the lower jaw ripped off type oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Anything else anyone wants to mention for this fun little sci-fi romp? Fucking check it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, check it out. On yeah, um, I uh, enjoyed this movie a lot. It was not perfect. It um, the seams were there. It, I swear, to, it, it feels like a two-hour movie to me. Thinking back on it, it really does. And I, I enjoyed all of it, but yeah, we didn't even it feels like a talk about movie. the cop at all. Really um, underutilized, I thought. Uh, not much yeah. to say about that character. Yeah, they didn't really yeah. do much with her. Um, but there, I, I don't know if there was much to do with her. Mm. Um, but then that that was the, the kind of clunky dialogue that I felt was a bit weird. Like when they first are sitting there at the desk, and she's like, "I'm someone that likes to get shit done with her hands." I'm like, "Why?" People don't say that. Like it's, it seems such a weird. Here's my character in in you know fifty words or less type thing. Yeah, 
Also, the only part of this movie that I felt really broke the mold, like stylistically, um, the way they made the movie, obviously, was some next level stuff. But in terms of just the plot and the character and stuff, the only thing I actually feel like kind of stepped out of the box was uh, having the mother as a character in the film. I don't know why that just felt um, like, you know, in an action movie, you don't usually have the action yeah. hero's mother yeah. there and you don't usually have him like crying into her arms. But yeah. well utilized. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. thought she was she was a really cool part of the film because um, I was obviously wary of watching another movie that's, you know, fridging the wife. So yeah. this guy can go on a journey. But this did have a few female characters in it who had roles to play. So that was cool. Well, yeah, the cop and, and, um, and the mother. Yeah. 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 Well, uh what do you guys want to see from Lee Wanell next? Do you want to see him continue down this sort of sci-fi? I think he should do a Joker movie. Huh? <laughs> I think he should do a Joker Don't movie. Don't say that. Yeah. I think everyone should do a Joker. It's just okay. only do, have Joker like, do movies. Do you want to see him on a Marvel franchise? Do you want him no. to stay on these no. kind of more yeah. sort of Blumhouse? Stay with Blumhouse. Yeah. Stay with Blumhouse Lee. I think that he's he seems to be really well suited to this kind of thing. And I would like to see... Because, I mean, at the moment, he's 50-50, realistically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no one has heaped praise on Insidious three, um, yeah, yourself the weakest, including. It's the weakest out of the three. Yeah, um, and a lot of people have been praising Upgrade, rightly so. So, I'm going to reserve judgment on what he should do next. I'd like to see if he sticks in the realm of sci-fi horror, kind of lower budget type stuff. Um, I think it'll all depend on how much of a splash Upgrade makes. Yeah, I'd like to see him stick with action because this movie had uh, just really cool action scenes. Like there weren't many of them, but um, Matrix style. What type. was there was yeah, really yeah. sick. Like just some some of the better stuff we've seen in a while. Um, I'd love to see him work with like a five or ten million dollar budget, which is still very low, um, and just let him go a bit wilder. Yeah, because what, 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 what he did with the like one to two million the, is amazing. Yeah, it's two to uh, oh sorry. I, I completely lied before. It's three to five million. Three to five. Okay. Which yeah, makes so. more sense because there's a lot of like futuristic CG stuff that would have cost a fair bit of money. Yeah. Mm. And the sets and whatnot. But it's already grossed, I think, seven or eight. So they've already made their money back. In the States, it's on seven point something. Yeah. Mm. Nice. And it's, it's due yeah. to be released in Australia in, God, almost a couple of days or, yeah, or less than so. a week. Mm. So, uh, 14th. yeah. 14th. I can't stress enough. Go out and see yeah, it. Seriously, guys, go see this movie because um, we need more of this kind of stuff. You we know? need the money. Please yeah. give, give us the money. Holy crap. <laughs> it's, not, it's not how to it's, sell it's it, It's not man. that bad. <laughs> like, little, little, little asterisk. The uh, The podcast strikes back as a producer on this film. Yeah. Uh, situation yeah. is not that dire yet. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, guys. We will be back next week with The Incredibles 2 movie review for some reason yeah i'm I'm not that pumped for that but uh (laughs) but you should watch it (laughs) yeah anyway see you next week carlin see you next week